This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. I knew you lived in St. Louis because you're going to be their representative. Senator. Uh, oh, excuse me. At least. You could be senator for 72 years. Anyways, for those of you who don't live in Missouri, you can't vote for Tyler when he becomes old enough to run. How old do you have to be? 35. How many years away is that for you? Five. Tyler's looking... Five years? <laughs> Tyler's looking for a campaign manager. If you're interested, hit him up. Oh, Lucas? <laughs> That's going to be interesting. No, I'm good. I am positive. I did used to want to be attorney general of the state of Alabama, not of the country. That's more appropriate. It is. Anyways, yeah, until you get fired. Um, so, how are you guys? I feel like... It's been a whole seven days since I last saw you. Say what? Five? Just about. That's so many words. Um, anyways, let's start out by getting to know each other a little better. So we're going to play. Oh, my gosh. I always want to get to know each other. Um, I want to hear what you think about some things. So we're going to play a quick round of a game we're going to call. I say, you say. So what's going to happen is I'm going to say my opinion on a topic, and then you're going to say your opinion on a topic. So I say the best French fries come from McDonald's. All right, so now it's your turn. Everyone's just going to say their favorite French fry place at the same time. You say, oh, I forgot about Chick-fil-A. Wingstop. Five guys, barf. 
Five Guys is overpriced and overrated. All right. I say the tastiest dipping sauce is Chick-fil-A sauce. You say, what do you think? Yeah. Ranch? Like Hidden Valley Ranch? Homemade Ranch? Buttermilk Ranch? One day I'll tell you a funny story about homemade buttermilk ranch that almost killed me. Um, all right, here we go. Here's another one. I say the best ice cream shop is Cold Stone. You say Ben and Jerry's. Have you ever been to Ben and Jerry's? Mm. Mm. <coughs> Do you remember when um, Dippin' Dots was the ice cream of the future? Is it still the ice cream of the future? Yeah, it's like $5 for three dots. All right, here we go. Here's another one. I say the best Taco Bell item is the quesarito that you can only order on their app, which makes me angry. If Maddie were here, she would say cheese roll-up. What do you say? The best Taco Bell item is? Chalupa. Chalupa. Here's a funny story about chalupas. All right, everyone. I need affirmation, so you got to hear my chalupa story. So I'm going to be honest. We're going to be honest because we're getting to know each other, right, Dylan? We're honest. I love chalupas from Taco Bell. I love them so much that one time I went to a Mexican restaurant and I ordered a chalupa and I was so mad. Has anyone had a chalupa at a Mexican restaurant? It's not the same as Taco Bell. Just FYI, it's disgusting. That's all I got. Yeah, like cat, dog, mice. Um, so the point of that little experiment, I say, you say, is that no matter how important or unimportant a topic is, different people are going to have a bunch of different ideas about that topic. The same could be said about sex. So for the past few weeks, we've been talking about sex. We've been traveling through this series about there's more to the story than we originally thought. You see, we hear and see a bunch about sex from different people, like our friends, um, celebrities, parents, or even our pastors. We also hear about it in a lot of different places, whether it's in music or movies, or if you're into anime, or maybe TV, pornography, TikTok, Snapchat, or the infamous health class videos, or even at church. So obviously, with all of these voices in the mix telling us what to think about sex, there are going to be some different opinions about what's good, what's not, and what's best for you. But here's the thing. When it comes to conversations about sex, one of the biggest problems is that all of those opinions come with expectations. Here's what I mean. First, there's the expectation to do more, say more, and be more. This complicates the story. Think about it. There's pressure to feel more casual about hookups. There's pressure to send pictures and texts. 
There's pressure to pass along pictures that are sent to you. There's pressure to experiment. There's pressure to do what your partner wants. There's pressure to keep up and participate in conversations about sex. There's pressure to have more sex. And there's pressure to know everything possible about sex, whether or not you're sexually active. At the same time, there are other voices talking about consent and respecting other people's space, bodies, and boundaries, which is super important. If you hung out around church or around Christians, there are even more voices with more opinions and more expectations. It may even feel like there's added pressure to do less. There's a pressure to not go too far. A classic question that we get asked is, how far is too far? There's a pressure to not even think too far. There's a pressure to honor God by honoring other people's bodies. There's pressure to not have sex until you're married. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying that those things I just listed are bad or wrong. What I'm saying is when you have a topic where different voices are speaking and saying different things, you have different expectations, they have different expectations for you and your life. That can feel like you can't win, no matter what you do, no matter what you decide to do or do less sexually, someone is going to think it's weird, someone's gonna think it's wrong. Somebody is gonna act like somebody else is convincing you to make the choice that's bad for you. So how do you make decisions for your life and your story when everybody seems to disagree on what that should be? It's a good question and one that humans have been asking for a long time. So before we answer the question, here's a little history lesson for you. The Bible is a collection of documents that are divided into two sections that we call the Old Testament and the New Testament. Some of these documents record history, some of these documents are books of poetry, and some are letters to different people. The New Testament is all the documents written after Jesus came and walked on earth. And it begins with four documents written about the life of Jesus from the viewpoint of different people who knew him or who interviewed those people that did know him. We call these four historical documents the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. One of them was written by a guy named John who was one of Jesus's 12 disciples. He knew Jesus because he spent a lot of time with him, literally hung out with him for years. It's actually one of the reasons so many people believe the events that are recorded in the Gospels are true. John wasn't some random fan fiction author. He was an eyewitness writing what he saw, writing what he experienced. And in chapter 10 of the book of John, he records a moment where Jesus says something so amazing that I think it, is the poten it has the potential to change how you and I see every decision about our lives. You see, John writes that Jesus is talking to a group of Pharisees who were not his biggest fans. As he spoke, he used stories of everyday things like sheep and farming to describe why he was there and what it was really like. 
Okay, I get it. Sheep and farming are not everyday things to us today, but it was to them back then. He uses a few illustrations about sheep, about robbers and gates that they struggle to understand. And finally, Jesus spells it out for them this way. This is what he says in John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. If that sounds confusing, I get it, and you aren't alone. In fact, a few verses earlier before that verse, John explained how the religious leaders were also confused. But did you catch that last word out of that verse? He says full. In the original language, that word gets used to talk about things that are superior, better than expected, beyond, over the top. In other words, John says that Jesus wants us to have a life, not just any life, but one that is more life, a better life. It's his goal for us in everything, in life, in relationships, and even sex. Jesus wants us to experience life to the full. What's wild is so many of us think that this, think the opposite of what Jesus wants for us. It's tempting to think that God's goal for us is to always have life minus all the good stuff. Life, but only with the boring kind of things, or life, but without any exciting or enjoyable things. And Jesus is telling this crowd, and he's telling followers, and he's telling us that we couldn't be further from the truth. He is basically saying, I'm not a thief. I didn't come to steal, kill, and destroy your life. That's not me. I came to make your life better and fuller than you could have ever hoped for or imagined. The word Jesus used for thief can be understood to mean a trickster. Think about a con artist. Someone who makes you think they care about your best interest, but then they actually have a different motive. Basically, Jesus is saying that there are people who will make you think they are for you, but they aren't for you. But as for him, he's actually for you. He is looking out for you so you can have the full, amazing life that he wants for you. So honestly, that's what, honestly, that's why I think when it comes to your life, the people you date, the decisions that you make in your private life, there is no better decision you can make than to trust Jesus and to follow his lead. Everybody else around you will have an idea, they'll have an opinion or an expectation that you should do or something that you could do, but Jesus knows you. The Bible tells us that he knows every strand of hair that's on our head and has seen every tear that we've cried. He doesn't just care about the one moment or the one decision or the one relationship. He cares about your whole life from beginning to end. And he wants it to be better and fuller than you could have ever imagined it would be even right now. So out of all of the voices, his is the one that will lead you towards that life because Jesus wants more for your story. Jesus wants more for your story. But here's the thing. This isn't something that just happens. We can't just say, yeah, I want a full life. Okay, Jesus, please help me get to that life around the time 
I'm 25, or around the time I'm 35. The truth is, Jesus doesn't just want more for your story later in life. He wants more for your story now. Living the kind of life that means trusting him and following him and listening to him now, no matter what everyone else around you is doing or saying. So while you may feel pressure by friends or culture to think a certain way about sex or behave a certain way when it comes to sex, you don't have to wonder about who has your best interest in mind or who's looking out for you. Jesus is inviting you to a full life, and that includes sex. Why? Because he wants more for your story. So if we were to stop and ask yourself, what does that mean, he wants more for our story? It means that when you're getting messages from all sides and feeling pressure from every person in your life, you can believe Jesus. When you aren't sure who to trust, you can trust Jesus because he wants more for your story. To begin living a life that Jesus promises, pay attention to the messages that you're hearing and believing, including messages about sex. Because even though people send you messages about sex, it doesn't mean those people are for you. So pay attention to what you're hearing. Pay attention to what you think, feel, and say when it comes to sex and where those ideas come from. Pay attention to what you do and say around different people and why. Be aware of who, you're, who is pressuring you and why you feel pressure from them. And here's the last one. Be aware of how you may be pressuring others and what makes you want to pressure them. And pay attention to what Jesus is saying to you. A few, Jesus, a few verses after Jesus says he wants us to have life to its full, he refers to himself as the good shepherd. He says this. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So remember, sheep and shepherds were a common thing back then, but you get the idea. It's a metaphor. The people who belong to Jesus listens to his voice. They follow him because he knows them better than anybody. He knows them better than they know themselves, and he can be trusted. They don't follow because they're afraid of him, they follow because being close to him is the safest place to be. And the same is true for you, and the same is true for me. Ultimately, the best decision you can make for yourself is to listen to his voice and to follow him. That's true for every part of your life, including the decisions that you make about sex. Maybe for you, that means it's time to start reading his word for yourself and spending time talking to him by yourself. Maybe it means when a lot of the voices say different things are best for you, you make sure that he is the one that you're listening to because he wants more for your story. More than the internet sites, your dating partners, your friends, or maybe even you do for yourself. So I realize figuring out exactly what following Jesus looks like for you and your specific dating life, and your specific de decisions can be tricky. That's actually one of the reasons we have tribe groups and tribe group leaders. 
We want you to know that you have a place to talk about what's going on in your life and your situation. When you aren't sure what it looks like to follow Jesus in the area of your life, this area or any other area, you have people that you can go to that will help you figure it out. The truth is, sex is complicated. I think the last four weeks of us talking about this topic proves that. And like we've been talking about the past several weeks, when it comes to sex, part of what makes it so complicated is that we often only hear part of the story. We only hear one side. We only hear certain conversations, and there is always more to the story. That's why whether the voices around you say you should be doing more or you should be doing less, I want you to know you can trust what Jesus said more than all of them because Jesus wants more for your story. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for the ability to talk about this tough topic. I thank you that even now in this room, you're stirring people to trust you. You're stirring people to approach you in a way that you can share with them the goodness of what you have in store for them. That you have more for our stories. That our past doesn't define us. That mistakes that we make don't define us. But what you say about us is what ultimately defines us. Pray that as we get ready to transition into tribe groups that you will be with the leaders and you will be with these students as they tackle questions and just get to know each other better. I thank you for my friends. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray.